0: wine you wine. hello everyone welcome back to wine you wish upon a star your favorite disney fancast fueled exclusively by wine
1: absolutely your favorite
0: i'm your host joe peo
1: i'm your other host Brenna peo
0: and for those of us those of us
1: who don't know you and for and those know of us, you, for
0: those of us that don't know you and
1: for those of you who don't know us
0: for those of you who don't know us uh we are a disney fancast And our specialty is that we watch Disney movies in chronologically released theatrical. I'm going to start that over. We watch Disney movies, the animated kind, in the chronological order in which they were released in theaters. And we drink wine while we watch them. And then we talk about them while drinking more wine.
1: It's fun for everyone. The wine, the movies, the us.
0: Oh, I have a blast every time.
1: I have a blast and a half. I...
0: Dare say I have a double blast.
1: We could continue all day. <laughs> Our movie today?
0: 101 Dalmatians.
1: Not 102 Dalmatians. No, no. That would be outrageous.
0: That'd be way too many. Uh, what kind of wine did we drink with this?
1: Ooh, well, we had kind of a hard time finding a wine to pair with this movie.
0: We were trying to find one that was either fashion-based or dog-based.
1: Uh, there were none. So there, we I know have... there
0: are out there but we just could not find any well, at we our local to... grocer. Like I know that we we've, we've we've tasted at a winery in Solving that had a lot of dog-themed wines, but they don't sell them here locally.
1: So instead, we picked what was at our local grocer and we ended up with The Velvet Devil. Ooh. It's a merlot, a 2016 from Washington state.
0: Uh, what did you think of it?
1: So I enjoyed it. I'm not a huge fan of Merlot's in general, but I thought this one was really kind of nice. For a Merlot, it was actually really sweet. So maybe that's why I liked it because it was not like a normal Merlot.
0: Yeah, I thought it tasted more like a Cabernet. Look at me, I'm becoming a wine expert.
1: (laughs) Oh, look at that pinky out while you Mm -hmm. drink your wine.
0: I really liked this a lot. It was uh, very subtle and very tasty. Of course, the reason why we picked the Velvet Devil is one, it is a little bit fashion-based because velvet is a type of fabric, and devil because of our villain in this film, Cruella DeVille. In fact, when I picked up the wine, I just started singing the song, the Cruella DeVille song, substituting the words for Cruella DeVille with the velvet DeVille.
1: (laughs) Dogs, 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 dogs.
0: So welcome to DogCast. I'm your
1: friend, dogs.
0: And I'm your friend, more dogs.
1: So disney did this nice thing where he made a dog movie lady and the tramp then they did sleeping beauty and then they were like hey let's do more dogs yeah and us as fans went yes
0: uh quick fun fact right now Ooh, already yes already (gasps) out the gate (gasps) fun Fun facts with with joe payo can I tell you a joke? Yeah. Tell me a joke. Do
1: you know the difference between a coyote and a wolf? No. Wolves go, oh, and coyotes go, ah. Why? I think it's more of a visual joke actually. Cause like, <laughs> like wolves make like, ooh, like faces. But then coyotes, like when you see them, they're like, ah. So no one can see <laughs> this. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what? Let's just go right to your fun (laughs) fact.
0: I just love this because it sounds like you're telling someone else's joke. And it's like, no, you really had to be there. It's funny. I swear.
1: So what's your fun fact? We're not going to interrupt with jokes with Brenna anymore.
0: (laughs) No, it's perfect. I love that joke. That was the best. Um, so, I made a comment. At one point, we paused because we were getting a little wine refill, and I just said, You know what's one thing that I realized, like in this project of ours of watching all of the movies in chronological order, is that two movies ago, we watched Lady and the Tramp, dog movie that we loved. Please listen to that episode if you haven't already. And then we watched Sleeping Beauty, which is now like revered as a timeless classic, which we were like mm, not as psyched about as revisiting Lady and the Tramp. And now it's like, it seems like. At the time, Disney had, as a company, had the same sort of reaction of just, well, this Disney princess thing probably is not going to happen. Maybe we can make Disney dogs happen because two films later, they're in the dog stories.
1: I would really just like if they stayed with dogs forever.
0: Well, they have now. I mean, with all the treasure buddies and all of those. Oh my gosh, movies. those are my favorite. See, they know, they know what works.
1: Oh, I love treasure buddies. I love space buddies. I love Halloween buddies. I like the Christmas buddies.
0: So one of the reasons why this happened is that Sleeping Beauty was a financial failure. No
1: kidding! Yeah.
0: So even though now we look on it with graduation goggles because she's part of the pantheon of Disney princesses, uh, people didn't turn out for the movie, but instead uh, they turned out for this one. And this movie came out in 1961. It was the highest grossing movie in the country.
1: Well, it was ridiculously wonderful.
0: It was very cute. There was no spaghetti date, but there is a dog wedding, which we'll get to.
1: Let's just start. So, dogs, 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 dogs.
0: We start with this intro, which is... Dogs. 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 It's really cool dogs. because it's defi- we're definitely into the 60s now. Because this intro feels kind of like a Saul Bass opening of... An Alfred Hitchcock movie because it's really artistic and there's like all these vector sort of graphics and these these crazy angles there's this jazz music that's playing that is just so high energy and one of the things that I love about it is that this is one of the things that Pixar movies do now in their credits but this may have been the beginning of it where when they show certain credits of the artists working on it They demonstrate what the artists do visually. So they say like animation directors and you start to see these dogs sort of laid out on this like film strip, almost like a zoetrope and you see them running. And then they say like inking and then you see the dogs all outlined. And then when they say colorist, the whole world is like this black and white drawing and becomes color. And then you see like layout artists and you see like a bus pass by so that everything is in layers and everything. I really thought that was cool.
1: Well, and there was a whole portion where the credits were dog spots. And it honestly reminded me of Monsters, Inc., when the doors were all those opening credits.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I actually wrote that in my notes, where it's like this, with the jazz score and everything, feels like the opening of Monsters, Inc.
1: Oh, we wrote the same thing. Oh. We should get married. No, no. So we're in London. We start out with the movie being narrated by Pongo, and he's talking about his pet, Roger, who's the human. (laughs)
0: It does this thing where you see Roger, like, sitting at the piano trying to figure out some music and the camera's pushing in as you hear the narration and he's talking about his pet and he's just like, oh, that's my pet Roger right there, that's not me. And then the camera, like, turns and there's the dog sitting in the window and it's like, yep, there I am.
1: I'm the one with the spots. He's talking about how spring is a terrible time for bachelors. And that he's sick of being a bachelor, and he's sick of Roger being a bachelor, but he doesn't do anything but write his music, and so he has to help him find a wife.
0: He even mentions how Roger's forte is actually writing love songs, and he's like, imagine that, this lonely guy, this little schlub, writing love songs. That's a joke. He actually needs to fall in love, and I'm going to help him with that.
1: So Pongo's looking out the window, and he's seeing all of the dogs and their humans walk by. And of course, all of the humans and dogs look the same. This is the
0: thing that's like normal now, whenever there's a movie about dogs and romance and things like that, is that dogs have to match their owners.
1: So there's the kind of short little stubby woman with the short little stubby dog. There's
0: the long-legged, artistic one with the flowy sort of like coat, and she's got this like brown long-haired dog that's walking with her.
1: Then there's the prissy-fancy woman with her prissy-fancy poodle.
0: And so all this time, Pongo is talking about saying like, oh, you know, I, I don't really understand what what my pet wants. I don't understand what... Because he's even like looking at magazines of women saying like, I don't quite understand what he wants, but I know what I want. And so in this comparison of the dogs and the women, he's saying like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, maybe like that. Oh, Maybe like that. And he's just kind of like analyzing everyone that walks by.
1: And finally, Anita and Perdita walk by.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's like, ooh, there's a nice one.
1: It's a dog version of, ooh, 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 ooh.
0: Yeah. And of course, it's a Dalmatian exactly like him. With but a nice pretty. with a nice looking lady. It's a walking. lady dog.
1: So he's like, I got to get him outside. But Roger doesn't stop working on his music till after five. So Pongo goes over and changes the clock.
0: One thing that's really cool about the scene is that uh, when you make the character of Roger into a musician, and you kind of see, like, his bachelor apartment. There's, like, you know, dirty dishes and instruments just strewn everywhere. The, the score that's underlying the entire scene is the music that Roger is plinking out on his piano. And so it's, like, this kind of light, jazzy, kind of quiet because it's, like, the middle of the day. And he's a musician trying to figure out a tune. But it's, like, that is the music that is the score of the soundtrack. And I thought that was really interesting. So it's, five o- it's past 5 o'clock. And it's time to go for a walk.
1: So Pongo pulls roger out of the house towards the park which is the way that he saw anita and perdita go they head through the park he starts seeing all the other dogs that they saw and he and he's like oh man i can't find them maybe they didn't stop at the park and then they see them and they're sitting on a bench like reading by a lake so pongo runs them down there and they sit by the pond and pongo's doing everything to get their attention he steals Roger's hat, and they're jumping around, and then he looks back, and Anita and Perdita have just left. And he's like, ugh. So he ends up getting Roger up. They chase after them, and he tangles them up in his leash.
0: It's adorable.
1: And he ends up tripping and falling into the pond and taking Anita and Roger with him. And at first, Anita is just distraught. She's like, this is my new dress and my new hat. And she's, like, crying crying. And then they just start laughing.
0: Yeah, because she tries to pull out her handkerchief to kind of dry herself off a little bit. But of course, it's soaking wet because it was in the lake. And he's like, here, take mine. And of course, he was in the lake, so it's also soaking wet. So they have this moment and they pause and they just start laughing hysterically. Meanwhile, the two Dalmatians look at each other. And it goes from this moment of Perdita with this look on on her face saying like, like, what are you doing? What have you done? To this kind of, she's got flirty eyes. It's the same thing from Bambi. She has eyelashes, Mm -hmm. so therefore she's a girl. Yep. Animals with eyelashes.
1: And then Roger and Anita are so mad because their cell phones are ruined and they end up having to go to the Verizon store. They, they spend to wait all a day, day there. And
0: they have to like pull up their contracts to find out if the warranty is covered. And of
1: course, Anita has the insurance on her phone, but Roger, he flies by the seat of his pants. He didn't have insurance. Did so. not.
0: So maybe he's like, maybe his SIM card will plug into maybe a new Samsung. But then again, that's already fried. It's, it's just a it's mess. It's really a mess. And that's the rest of the movie. Yeah.
1: So thank you for joining us
0: thank you so next week we will be watching frozen
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're hilarious so the next scene is literally their wedding
0: and it's really kind of cute because you see sort of outside like or over at the window pongo and perdita are there and so as they're doing like their their vows and you may kiss the bride you see Pongo and Perdita also kiss each other. So they're married now. It's like nobody noticed, but they're married. They make a bigger point of it in the live-action remake where they're actually like standing in the aisle and everything and everyone's pointing and like, look, look, look. But in this, it's very subtle and it's very nice.
1: Well, also in the live-action remake, there were people at the wedding. There was no one at the wedding. They didn't even have witnesses.
0: No, there are no other people in the story other than the main owners and the 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 other prospects and the bad guys nobody else
1: after the wedding we're told that they have a cute little apartment that they've moved into and there's an upstairs part where roger's playing his music and anita and the nanny are downstairs with the two dogs and we hear a honking and a screeching and this large car drives up the street horribly like swerving all over the road screeching and anita says oh there's my old classmate Cruella DeVille.
0: Yeah, so I I always thought maybe it's because of the influence of the live-action movie that that Cruella was her boss, and she was in charge of her in some way. But really, she's just a weird family friend that nobody likes, and nobody can stand up to her. (laughs) So she just barges into their lives all the time, and everyone's like, oh, here she is again.
1: So she comes in their apartment with a whole cloud of smoke. She's insulting the music... Roger had been downstairs for a second, but then runs back upstairs when she comes in and starts aggressively playing the tune of Corella Deville.
0: Yeah, he's he's he, in the scene before she shows up. He's he's saying, "I I figured out a tune for for a new song," and Anita's saying, "Oh, sing it for me." He's like, "I don't have lyrics, yet, but I've got the tune, and that's the first thing. That's always the most important." And then when they say, "Oh, Corella Deville's here," he's like, "Yeah." There it is. That's the lyric I was looking for. So we start seeing the beginning of Cruella de Deville, and then just runs upstairs and continues writing the song and playing the music and stomping on the on the floor. So I mean, he's playing it with a, it. a
1: trumpet at one point. Yeah, directly at the floor. A trumpet,
0: a trombone. He's using every instrument and just trying to annoy her.
1: So Cruella's there. She's like, where are the puppies? Anita's like, oh, they're not born for another, like, two or three weeks. And Cruella's like, do you like my new fox coat? It's like a fox fur coat.
0: And Anita's like, I I guess some furs are kind of nice, but I don't really care for them.
1: And she's like, well, of course not. This is your castle. This is all you'll ever have because of Roger's little music. Your Sir
0: Galahad is upstairs with his music.
1: Yeah, she's incredibly condescending.
0: I think it's so funny that she really is not in any place of power except just being an obnoxious friend that won't go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's not the boss. She's not anything. I was just like, why don't they tell her to get out? But they don't. Anita's very nice. So when Krilla finds out that the puppies aren't born, she just leaves. She's like, well, I'll be back.
0: So then at this point, uh, Pongo goes to Perdita because she's like hiding under the refrigerator. And he's, he says, are you okay? She says, I'm, I'm just so upset. I hate that woman, and I don't even know if I want to have puppies right now. Yeah,
1: they can sense that she's terrible.
0: Yeah. So then it fast forwards to when she is giving birth to the puppies. So Corella
1: r- de is giving birth to the puppies.
0: I d- did not popping use my... out
1: of her fur She's like, coat. finally! She's like, finally! And as they pop out, she skins each one of them. It's a very violent movie, as it turns out.
0: And that's the end of the movie, so what did you think?
1: Again, thanks for joining
0: us. <laughs> so join us next week for Beauty and the Beast, the live-action remake.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's ended it's over again. And
0: then it fast-forwards to uh, weeks later when... Perdita is actually giving birth to the puppies. And it's this tense scene, it's raining outside, there's a whole storm, there's lightning flashing. Pongo is hanging out in the kitchen with Roger and the clock is ticking. Roger is like furiously smoking a pipe because he's very, very nervous. And they're just waiting for, for any news. So then eventually Nanny comes running in saying like, It started, it's begun, it's begun! And so she just keeps running in and giving them these announcements. 8! It's like eight puppies, nine puppies, 12 puppies, oh, 14 puppies, 15 15 puppies. And so during this, Roger, like, turns to Pongo and he's just like, oh, you old scamp, yeah, look at you. And it's like this weird sort of, like, machoism, just like, look at you, just making all these puppies.
1: And Pongo gets crazier and crazier. He's like, oh,
0: oh, oh. And then Nanny comes back in and says, uh, I I know I said 15, but 14...
1: Like, one of them was, like, a stillborn. One of them didn't make
0: it. And so she hands it over to Roger, and he's just just like, oh, Pongo, I'm so sorry. And he's sitting there, and he's just like, but I wonder. And so then he starts just kind of rubbing the little baby, the little baby puppy. puppy, Little baby tippy.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's doing, like, puppy CPR or if he's just rubbing it, but...
0: And Either it's like, way. And, and like all the music, all the celebratory music completely drops out. And you just hear like the ticking of the clock and it's very tense. And then eventually you see a little pink nose like poking out of it. And then he says, oh, look at it. It's back to life. And then he yells out. He's like, we have 15 puppies. Bam! In
1: walks Coella DeVille. It's like she has pumpy, pumpy <laughs> puppy sense
0: well they did say a few more weeks and she just kind of happened to pick the actual moment that they were born
1: she walks in wants these puppies now sees them gets pissed that they're just plain white
0: yeah she says she's she's so excited and the moment she sees them she's like yeah gross oh oh." she's like where are their spots where are their spots and they're like well they don't get spots immediately they get them after a few more weeks
1: and she's like oh okay cool how much you want for them
0: and she's like, I'll take them now. Name your price, whatever you want. And they're just like, these two two people who cannot say no to this person, they're having the toughest time to say no. Like, oh. it's so difficult for them because Anita is just like, oh, well, we weren't really planning on selling them, but we, I don't know, we, uh, Roger, can you help? And Roger's like sitting there and Pongo's sitting there and both of them just completely stone-faced. Corella is in the middle of like writing a check, and she's like, "Okay, you play hardball. <laughs> then I'll pay you double." And she's in the middle of writing the check. Roger's sitting there, and he finally says, "No." And she's so completely shocked, just like, "What?" And then he he starts stammering, and it's this weird, awkward like, well, "You know, it's not right. You can't take them away from the mother. And uh, we we want to keep them, and we need to. We need to have them. They're part of our family now." and and and, and, and he's getting so flustered in this. And meanwhile, Anita's not backing up. She's just like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then finally, he just says, you need to leave.
1: And Cruella gets really bad. She starts insulting his music, insulting their house, insulting how much money they have, everything. And Roger finally throws her out. She slams out the kitchen door and breaks the window in the process. And
0: then Anita's just like, Roger, you were so wonderful.
1: Pongo runs down to Perdita. And she's still exhausted from having giving birth to 15 puppies. And he's like, it's, we get to keep them all. They're Mm -hmm. all our babies. And they both just like relax and they're thrilled.
0: Then we fast forward to uh, weeks later when the puppies are now, you know, they're puppies. They can speak and and everything. They're all watching this uh, Western TV show called Thunderbolt, which is, I don't know if that's what it's called, but the main character is a dog that's kind of like Rin Tin Tin and he's chasing after a horse thief through the Wild West. And the horse thief is trying to shoot him, and he's like hiding behind rocks and everything. This is when we start to get an idea of the personalities of some of them, which really, of all the 15 of them, maybe only six of them actually are identified, but the ones that are identified are amazing.
1: Well, there's Rolly, who's always hungry. Mother, I'm hungry, I really am. That's like his sentence the whole time. Mother, I'm hungry, I really am.
0: He's so very hungry. There's Patch. Patch has like a little black spot around his eye because it looks like an eye patch. And he's always just like, oh, if I were there, I would fight the guy. And oh, Thunderbolt, he's so tough. He's probably going to do this. And he's probably and he's like, Arr! and he's like chewing on the rug and everything like that. And they're just like, calm down. Just, just relax. Relax. It's a TV show.
1: There's Lucky who sits directly in front of the TV and then gets scared when stuff happens on the
0: TV. Okay. So personal story. I was always Lucky when I was growing up. Like that was my personality. I loved standing in front of the TV whenever there was like a movie or show playing and I was so incredibly invested and people had to remind me, Joe, please get out of the way of the TV. At one point I was like on a camping trip or not a camping camping trip. I was on a was cabin trip. Like, I you tri-.
1: brought a TV on a camping <laughs> trip?
0: I was, Our uh, families
1: camped very differently. <laughs>
0: at one point i was uh i was at a cabin trip in big bear and i kept standing in front of the tv and people kept saying you know joe you make a better door than a window and i'd be like huh what, what are you talking about well, you <laughs> no, like because you're standing in front of the tv right now and we can't see through you i was like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry
1: you even do that now when you're playing video games you stand directly sometimes. in front of the tv while playing
0: yeah and Uh, When I was a kid, I used to go over to my neighbor's house to play Street Fighter. And one of the things that everybody always made fun of me with was that I would stand in front of the TV. And I would almost like try to control the characters with my own limbs. So I'd be like, you got to punch. And I would start punching my arms. It's like, no, no, duck down and kick. And I would start doing that. But I would be standing in front of the TV and everybody kept calling it my TV dancing. So I was lucky growing up.
1: So they watch this Thunderbolt TV show. There's a commercial for canine crunchies then pongo and perdita say that they need to go to bed so that pongo and perdita can go on a -A w-a-l-k
0: that made me laugh so hard because i'd never really been a dog owner but now that i know and am family with dog owners i start to realize it's like because if you say walk the dogs just freak out and they're just like yeah yeah it's walk time and so when you spell it out it's it's like okay let's not let them know what we're talking about So it was just really funny, the two dogs talking like that in front of all the puppies.
1: So they put the puppies to bed. Nanny tucks them in. Pongo, Perdita, Roger, and and Anita go on a walk. And they go towards the park like we saw them go before. But they cross in front of this alley, and there's two shady characters sitting in a truck reading newspapers. And it's Jasper and Horace, some of the two bad guys that we're going to get to know in this movie.
0: (laughs) So they are... Of course, they're like lower class, like talking with thick cockney accents. And they kind of do a little bit of that cockney lingo where you rhyme things. And so half the time, I didn't even know what they were talking about. Oh,
1: Bob's your uncle. I
0: feel like some of it was actually even just made up. Like not actually, they didn't actually oh, talk slings to people. Oh, <laughs>
1: <my bing-bong. laughs>
0: exactly, long my bing bongs. Exactly. long my bing bong. So at one point, they're just like, there they go, going off in the nightly constitutionals. And I was like, what
1: does that even mean? wait that's a thing like that's like your nightly walk
0: the constitutionals yeah i have never heard that in my 34 years on this earth i have never heard my constitutionals. yeah
1: it's like your evening walk
0: well learn something every day
1: oh that wasn't weird to me the more you know jasper and horace drive this broken down truck in front of the house and they knock on the door as nanny's putting the puppies to sleep and she answers the door they tell her Oh, we're part of the electric company. But they're carrying this briefcase in which the word electric is spelled wrong.
0: They hold up the briefcase and it says Electic Company, but they have like an ins like a little carrot insert the R, but it's in the wrong place, so it would it would have spelled it the Electurk Company. <laughs> I laughed at that.
1: Oh, my English major husband. You laughed at it too. You just talked about it. So Nanny says, nah-uh, I haven't heard anything about this electric company. You're not coming in this house. And they push their way in the house. They're speaking gibberish at her, like, oh, we have to check your bling blong and your whoosie what's it's and I gotta check your flag. Fry. And they push in, they end up locking her in the attic. They put the puppies in a briefcase and they run out the door and she's like, oh no, they they probably stole the fine silver. And then she realizes the puppies are gone. And she runs out in the street, she starts calling the police and we cut to a front-page newspaper, and it's a dog napping.
0: When they show the newspaper, you start to hear this narration saying, like, that's kind of reading it. For a moment, a quick moment, I thought it was Anita talking, but then the voice starts getting more and more sinister, and that's when you realize that it's actually Cruella reading it out loud, and so she's like cackling and laughing about it. At this point, I thought, it's really odd that the one person who's reading the newspaper and being like, ha ha ha, isn't that so funny? The dogs have all gone missing. She's the only one who has ever actually shown any kind of desire to steal all of them. But they say in in further, uh, because she calls uh, Anita... And they have this whole conversation over the phone where she's like, I'm so sorry, I read in the newspaper and this and that. But through the conversation, you start to realize that the police have already investigated Cruella Deville and saw that she had nothing at all to do with it.
1: So on their evening constitutional, Pongo Perdita uh, come to realize that there's nothing else that the humans can do. And so they realize they need to get the Twilight Bark involved.
0: So the Twilight Bark is kind of like dog internet, where they're just like, we have to use this. And even Perdita is saying, like, I don't know, isn't that only, like, for emergencies? And Pongo's like, our 15 children were stolen? Don't you think that constitutes as an emergency?
1: So while they're in the park, they're on this high hill, and Pongo just starts going to town. He starts barking and barking and barking. And he's passing the message, like, has anybody seen our 15 puppies? and it gets passed along to like a great dane who passes it along to a little dog who sends it up a drain pipe which gets magnified and it goes to the artsy dog who sends it out into town
0: at one point they show a pet shop and so you see all these like puppies barking but then sitting there with the puppies are two of the dogs from lady and the tramp one of them is peg the one the sultry one that sang he the he's a tramp song because she's got like her little like comb you know her her hair her bangs coming down over one eye And then the other one who was like the British bulldog one, which makes sense. He's British. It's kind of funny. They made it all their way to London from like Missouri.
1: Yeah. I want to see that movie. (laughs) I want to see how they got from like Midwestern America to like a pet shop in London. That's a movie I would watch. But it's
0: definitely them. There's like no mistaking it.
1: Oh, it's like hardcore. She even has the look that she has in in Lady and the Tramp. So you see the Twilight Bark make it all the way out of town.
0: It gets to uh, a dog named Towser, who's uh, conversing with a goose, which it made me laugh. There's a goose that's hanging out with him. And she walks up and she's just like, what's the gossip? That made me laugh because a a group of geese is called the gossip. And she's like, what's the gossip? He's like, Lucy. And I was like, oh my gosh, her name's Lucy. It's Lucy Goosey. (laughs) And so he's just like, I need to get this to the colonel right away. And so then he starts barking. And so then... This farm, it goes to this barn where there's a horse and a cat and a dog that is sleeping in a pile of hay. And they all have, like, military titles to them. What was the name of the horse? Do you remember? Nope,
1: but he was wearing a fancy coat. Yeah,
0: and he was a captain. They called him captain all the time. It
1: wasn't just a horse blanket. Like, it had, like, patches on it, like, formal, like, military garb.
0: And it was like a Hugh Hefner type robe almost. And then there's the cat. The cat is uh, Sergeant Tibbs. And then there's the colonel. And the colonel is just this dog. He's kind of a sleepy dog, but he's got a big mustache. He's like a British colonel. Like, what? What is going on? Huh? What is that? The one who's like the most sort of like alert is the Sergeant Tibbs, which I point out is the first non-evil cat that we have ever seen in a Disney animated movie.
1: Well, and if you think about it, outside of the Aristocats, which will come soon, what other non-evil cats are there? Oh, well,
0: we'll see as we, as we go None, through. None,
1: because cats are the worst. That's the point I'm making. Dogs are the best. Dogs forever. Cats never.
0: <laughs> I feel, though, that this cat is almost kind of like, you know, because you, you have all these other dogs, he's almost kind of like a wiry dog. He's kind of a dog at heart.
1: You know what I hate when people are like, oh, this cat is great. It acts like a dog. So, like... Ultimately, everybody just wants everything to act like a dog, so just get a freaking dog and stop messing around with freaking cats.
0: This is a PSA brought to you by Brenna Pan.
1: You're welcome.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I will say that this movie moves along pretty fast. Like, it's got a, a pretty fast clip to it. There's, the, But there are moments where it slows down, which are frankly kind of confusing. So this is one of those moments because the only person who can actually translate what Towser is saying is the colonel, and he's doing a very bad job of it. So we spend like 15 minutes of him badly translating this dog message.
1: Well, it's where we learn that dogs bark in Morse code. He's like, oh, it's two small yips and a long yowl. Like he's, it's Morse code. Yeah,
0: it's like Morse code, but then it also kind of has like, if you do sort of a change in pitch, like, certain dialects of Chinese, like, that actually gives words a different meaning. Because you'll just hear, like, a and they're like, what's going on? Oh, they said there's 15 children and they're all missing and there's this and that and this and that and there's all this information. It's like, you you got all that from that. But he's doing a bad job. So when they're saying, like, oh, there are these dogs from London and they are missing their 15 puddles.
1: And he's like, puddles! that's Doesn't stupid. Why would you make me up for that? I'm going back to sleep. And Sergeant Tibbs was like, No no no, maybe listen again. I don't think <laughs> you heard it right.
0: And he's like, You might you wanna confirm that, Colonel? You wanna just real quick just kind of figure out why this is so important?
1: Okay, so we'll fast forward through this a little bit. Yeah. So he realizes obviously fifteen puppies and that's when Sergeant Tibbs is like, Hey, I think I heard some puppies over in this abandoned house over there and the Colonel's like, No, no, that's not right, it's haunted and I'm we're just gonna skip ahead. But they end up going to investigate sergeant tibbs breaks into the house that's where we start seeing the puppies we see a golden retriever (laughs) wishful thinking sergeant tibbs breaks into this haunted house and he runs across a dalmatian puppy to which the audience were like oh my gosh he found one of the puppies except this puppy doesn't have a collar and sergeant tibbs says hey were you stolen? And he goes, no, 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 I was bought and paid for, but I think those 15 over there might have been stolen.
0: And And it's the puppies that we know, but they're gathered around the TV.
1: (laughs) He's like, check over by the TV. So Sergeant Tibbs has been trying to count them, but he's trying to get close enough to see if those are the 15, and that's when we're introduced, really, to more of Horace and Jasper.
0: Horace is making this big old sandwich, just...
1: He's the short, fat one. Yeah. Jasper's the tall, skinny one.
0: So Horace is making this big sandwich, and no sandwich looks tastier than a cartoon sandwich. Just watch any episode of Rescue Rangers where Monterey Jack is trying to eat some cheese. And so as Tibbs is trying to get closer, Horace is, like, moving over, in, you know, to sit down and eat a sandwich. Jasper, the tall, lanky one, is guzzling. <gasps> Why, Why you are up upon the, the screen? screen? It's- a moment of a character on screen drinking wine a lot of wine so salute to Jasper just guzzling it even like in an arc just o- over his head just pouring it down breaking his physics yeah and he's just drinking the wine from this bottle a lot of it too
1: look like white wine
0: no it was like a red it was like splashing around no, a little it was bit.
1: cartoon wine
0: it's definitely wine though so while Tibbs is trying to, like, get closer so that he can count, like, the the dogs, the 15 dogs that have collars on, uh, Raleigh, little, little pudge master Dalmatian, sees the sandwich and just starts, like, going over and starts, like, pulling everything out of the sandwich to eat it. At which point, like, while Jasper and Horace are talking, Horace takes a bite of his sandwich and realizes it's just bread and there's nothing in it. And he looks around like, uh-oh, this place is haunted because my sandwich fixings disappeared. So he goes off to make another sandwich.
1: At which point Jasper trying to drink more wine accidentally grabs Sergeant Tibbs.
0: He's a, he like kisses him on the mouth and the cat just jumps in the air and freaks out and like, they both start screaming. So then when Tibbs like goes away, you see Horace and he's standing at the piano making a new sandwich. Using a piece of cake? Like,
1: fancy (laughs) cake. Like, fancy, like, top-tier, like, wedding cake. It's like a three-tier cake. And I'm crazy confused where they got this really fancy wedding cake from. But he's sticking the cake between two pieces of bread! (laughs)
0: He's eating it as a sandwich. Meanwhile, the cat that freaks out flies towards the piano, kicks out the the kickstand on the, 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 the acoustic top of it. He gets slammed down on it and gets, like, a face full of cake. And then... Jasper is freaking out and he starts throwing things at the cat as the cat is running around all hysterical. Meanwhile, he's like yelling these things about how he's going to eat the cat. Just like, oh, I'm gonna sli- I'm gonna slice you up and put you on a sandwich. Oh, we're gonna have cat casserole a la mode.
1: The Twilight Bark ends up getting back to Pongo and Perdita. They find out that their puppies are at this farm in the middle of nowhere.
0: Well, they and even say the DeVille place and they're like, I knew it.
1: They're like, the DeVille place. So they freak out and they're like, we have to find our puppies. So they escape their house and they head out. And using a series of dogs, they and they head out of London. They trek through snow, rivers, a raging river. They swim across it. They end up meeting up with Tibbs and the Colonel who are waiting for them at their farm. And they're like, okay, we're going to take you to the abandoned house. And that's when we see, we cut to Cruella Deville yelling at Horace and Jasper saying that like it has to get done tonight the police are like looking for the dogs
0: yeah they're saying like well the dogs aren't old enough there's not enough sort of skin on them and not enough pulse. she's like I don't care we're gonna make half the coats but we're gonna make coats now
1: basically the idea is those puppies are gonna die tonight
0: this is an interesting thing because Cruella at, at being painted as one of like the top Disney villains never says like I'm gonna kill puppies she's hiring out the work and she's just like i don't know do it any way you want to i don't care but i just need a coat well she's making multiple coats like she's Mm -hmm. not just
1: making one coat
0: but she's not the one that's saying like i'll do it myself like she's just like it feels like she's kind of grossed out by the whole prospect of the whole thing
1: yeah so she's like i don't care how you kill them just kill them and i want my coats i want the skins so she leaves and Horace and Jasper are like, okay, we'll do it after this TV show, which <laughs> this TV show is like totally
0: nuts balls. It's, it's so funny because watching this when you're younger, you're paying attention to the whole like the cat is is sneaking all of the Dalmatians out. And that's the main thing that you focus on because that's the main story point is that the bad guys are distracted and the dogs are slowly escaping the room through a hole in the wall. But we're focused on this TV show. So it's this takeoff on What's My Line where people guess like what the guest is doing, you know, what they're famous for or what's their their big accomplishment, except it's all criminals. And so it's called What's My Crime? And so they bring on these like, attorneys and judges to try to figure out what a criminal has done and if they do then i don't know they get some kind of prize or something like that it's really odd
1: it's very odd but like also they look like they're based on like celebrities of the time
0: yeah like Not one the of the criminals but like one of the magistrates looks kind of like john cleese and talks a little bit like yeah him. and so when one of the guys comes up that's a criminal they're just like oh hey that's our buddy uh what was his name
1: Oh, I didn't write down his name, but I thought what was really funny was that they're like, oh, if nobody guesses your crime, you're going to get a two-week all-paid vacation to this tropical island, of course, after you serve your time.
0: (laughs) Oh, his name is Meathead. They're just like, oh, it's Meathead. And there's just like this dumpy guy on TV in like manacles, just like, hey, I get a vacation. So they're just completely enwrapped in this. And, and it's just, there's a lot of time spent on it. And of course, at the moment that the last of the uh, the dogs get out, they just turn around and be like, wait, where'd they go? They went through the hole and they start chasing them. This is where it becomes Home Alone. And these two... <speaking in> they're that? just chasing them through
1: the house. <laughs> That's <There's> chase music.
0: <laughs> so they're chasing them through the house. And at the same time, they're like... Like, one of them has a club and saying, like, I'm going to club them. And the other one grabs, like, a fireplace poker and, like, I'm going to bash them. And so they're running around. And every time, like, the dogs, like, tackle them or give them the slip, they're just like, oh, we spent so long taking care of these guys. And now they mistreat us like
1: this. That's gratitude for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Finally, Perdita and Pongo come bursting in with the help of the colonel. And, like, the whole room just turns red, like, bright red. It's a really neat artistic choice, but... You did turn to me at one point and say, like, is the place on fire? Well, out?
1: I thought they had accidentally set the place on fire. Yeah.
0: The only source of light is the fireplace.
1: Right. It was just an interesting change of scenery.
0: Because you see, like, these black and white, like, there's not even any kind of, like, lighting on the Dalmatians. It's like they kind of stick out on this r- deep red background. And it was, uh, yeah. And so they're, like, running around and the, do- the big dogs are biting them. And Tibbs is, like, escorting them out a hole in the door. Horace falls into the fireplace at one point.
1: Right. So between Pongo, Perdita, and Tibbs, they get the puppies out. All ninety-nine of them.
0: So they take them to a nearby farm and they're just like, Well, what are we gonna do? Uh, because they're just like, I'm glad we have all of our children back. And the children say, like, well, what about the other eighty six of them? Right. Or whatever.
1: And it's not till then that like Pongo turns around, and he's like, Oh,
0: there's a no
1: ton of <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> He's like, There's so many more.
0: Yeah. And so then he's just like, you know what? I think our pets will be okay with with a few more, and then like all of their tails start wagging, like the whole big lot of them, and they're like, "All right, let's keep going."
1: At this point, they're at the cat, the castle. They're at the farm of Tibbs and Colonel and the horse, and they had been walking through the snow at this point, so Horace and Jasper easily track them. So again, they have to fight Horace and Jasper, and they end up sneaking out, and they run onto the frozen stream and this is how they realize they can get back to london without leaving tracks
0: because at one point the uh Horace and jasper stopped their car over the bridge while all the dogs are cowering under the bridge and they're like why'd you stop he's like well what if they're actually going through like using the ice so that we don't see their footprints and the other one's just like oh do you think they're that smart you're an idiot and they go driving off
1: so they make it back a little bit on the stream, and then I guess they have to go back on the snow, but it's, like, blinding snow. Like, it's a straight-up snowstorm, and the puppies are starting to get really weak, and so are Pongo and Perdita, and they just can't keep this up. And all of a sudden, Lassie shows up. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's, like, a collie who who just has, like, a really kind of, like, angular feature saying, like, there's a dairy farm up the way. We've been waiting for you. We were worried something happened. Please follow us. Which normally would be kind of suspect, but... It's all like, you know, it's all part of the the twilight bark network. So
1: Pongo and Perdita bring the puppies to this dairy farm that Lassie brings them to. And there's all these cows and they're just like, oh, we were so worried about you. We heard about it in the twilight bark. And the puppies are like, oh, we're cold. We're hungry. And the cows were like, oh, you're hungry. Do you like milk? It's on the house. And the puppies just go to town like feasting on milk. And the cows are like, oh, okay, take your turns.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, Lassie gives them, uh, he gives Pongo and Perdita, they're like, here, here's the last of my scraps, which is like, you know, a couple pieces of bread and some meat and stuff. And they're just like, thank you so much. They said, there's a black Labrador at Dinsford that uh, we've already barked ahead and he'll take care of you.
1: They sleep the night. Then they move on the next morning, and the storm has stopped. So they're still trying to like stay off the road, but they have to cut across the road at some point. And of course, when 101 dogs walk across an area, like unfortunately, there's tracks. So at one point, Cruella and Jasper and Horace see their tracks and follow them to Dinsford. They make it to the Labrador, and the Labrador's tells them, I have a van to take you back to London, so you don't have to walk the rest of the way. And they're like, all right, sweet. And as they're about to head to the van, Corilla drives up in her crazy car, and they're like, we can't go out there. And one of the puppies, the two pup, what is it, Lucky and Rolly? Or?
0: I think so. Patch, Patch and, and Lucky.
1: Yeah, Rolly's too fat to do anything. Patch and Lucky <laughs> are playing, and... They're like, oh, you put me in the soot. Oh, and they're like covered in soot. The dogs realize they look like Labradors instead of like Dalmatians. So everybody rolls in the soot and they start getting into the van. And Horace and Jasper look at them and they're like, oh, those are just Labradors. We don't care.
0: So there's no suspicion over 102 black Labradors. Because they're so busy looking for these. A hundred and two. Cause there is an actual black labrador.
1: Oh, fine.
0: Okay. I did the math. Oh, look at you and your math. Look at me and my math.
1: Okay, math man.
0: I'm Put on my math pants.
1: Oh, good, cause you're pantsless before? Yeah,
0: that's how math works. As they're getting the last of the quote unquote Labradors onto the van, it starts taking off and they start going down this like long sort of road. Meanwhile, the icicles Started dripping water, so the last few of the Dalmatians that are being put on um, on the van uh, start washing off a little bit, and then is like, "No way, that's not possible. They didn't." And then she sees like, "Yeah, absolutely. These are the actual Dalmatians that you've been looking for." So she, in her like flashy little like coupe de ville, keeps trying to ram this moving truck. Off of the yeah. these mountain road, so it's <laughs> nuts.
1: Like the the Labrador said, like you have time to get on this van until they finish fixing this car, which like honestly, like they do, they were doing like an oil change. Like it's a very quick fix because they only like just get the last of the puppies on there. So Coella starts driving after this van and like is trying to ram it off the road. To which the driver's like, ah, oh, crazy woman driver. <laughs> He's like crazy
0: woman drivers. <laughs>
1: Which is, like, this is far beyond a woman driver. Like, she's literally ramming into the van.
0: And like her eyes get all bloodshot and swirly and everything. And so eventually, of course, because this is a big moving van, uh, she cannot ram it off the road. Instead, she goes off the road. And so you think, yay, that's the end of Corella, And then she just like revs up the engine because she's like stuck in this like little valley, starts driving uphill, launches over trees, and just continues. The well, hood she... of her car yeah. has torn off. And so it looks like this hot rod. And she's just like driving furiously. And then she gets to the point where she's like ramming the back of it. She gets stuck to the moving van while Horace and Jasper are coming down the hill from another side and just completely T-bone her and there's this big explosion.
1: And both Horace and Jasper and Carilla's car are just decimated. And at that point it's over.
0: And she's just screaming at them.
1: <laughs> she's just screaming at them. So the van makes it into London. Well, it just kind of cuts at that point.
0: So then it cuts to uh, Roger and Anita at home. They're decorating for Christmas. This is the first time that we've seen them since the whole Twilight Bark scene. And so they're just really upset because like not only were the 15 puppies stolen, but then their two dogs ran away and they've been gone for a few days and they're just really upset about it, but it's Christmas. And so Anita's trying to decorate this tiny tree and Nanny's trying to say like, oh, I'm so sorry. At this time, like their music that's playing through the radio is Roger's song, Cruella de And Anita comes in and says like, Hey, so I know you seem really sad, but uh, you finally have a hit song, and we have more money than we can ever want.
1: (laughs) Yes, we're like super rich. (laughs) And
0: so they're just sitting there, just like, "Oh, we're really sad though, because we have success and we have money, but our dogs are gone." And then Nanny says, "You know, sometimes at night, I feel like I can still hear them barking." Bark. And then Back. you hear the barking. and she's like, yeah, just like right now, I can hear it. And they're like, no, that's the, that's them. And
1: boom, opens the door. In runs
0: 101
1: soot-covered Dalmatians.
0: <laughs> and they're just so confused because they're like, what are all these black Labradors? And then finally they're just like, no, wipe them off. It's our Dalmatians.
1: So Nanny's going through and, like, feather dusting them all off. Meanwhile, there's soot everywhere. Footprints everywhere.
0: It's so funny because, like, Anita even says, like,
1: there's puppies
0: everywhere.
1: At that point, like... They're they're literally cat like counting them up like they're like there's 18 over here there's 20 over here I have 35 over here and they get to and so Roger's, 101. Roger's
0: like sitting there doing the arithmetic in his head he's like well, okay well this plus 63 plus 27 plus this and that a hundred and one and Anita says a hundred and one and almost like stumbles and like sits down but, but she can't like, sit down three puppies like <laughs> sitting there and she just like stands right back
1: up. she's like oh, oh. <laughs> And at that point, they decide that they are going to open a Dalmatian plantation.
0: And so immediately on the spot... Oh, also, it's really funny because uh, Roger just turns to Pongo and just says, like, Pongo, you rascal, which is exactly what he said when there were 15 puppies. As
1: if Pongo had all these puppies. (laughs) Like, Perdita went and had, like, uh, like, seven more (laughs) litters while they were gone in the, like, four days they were gone.
0: So in that moment, that's when uh, Roger says, we'll open a a Dalmatian plantation. And then he just sits down at the piano and says like, oh, that's a song. And he just writes it on the spot. And they just start singing that until it's the end credits.
1: Okay. I loved that movie.
0: Yeah, there's dogs in it.
1: Well, okay. I, I mean, I love any movie that has dogs in it. But that was just a really cute movie. I enjoyed it.
0: Again, I think that there were moments that were very odd. Where they were just like, we're going to spend a lot of time with this old dog translating dog Morse code. Or we're going to spend a really long time with this strange Judge Judy show. But I thought that they just added to the charm.
1: I do love the dog. Ha! There's 15 puddles? (laughs) I don't think that's right. Listen again. No, he said 15 puddles. No, no, no. Please listen again.
0: And I think that... uh, there were times where it's like they could have spent a lot more time, but they didn't. I thought that was a really good choice. Like you didn't see have to see them all growing up and getting their first steps. It's like just fast forward to like when they're all just they have their personalities and they're just hanging out and watching TV.
1: Well, it's funny because like I feel like I took a lot of notes on this movie because I felt like there was a lot, but it wasn't that long of a movie.
0: No, it was like an hour and 20 minutes.
1: Right. The movie itself didn't feel that long, but I felt like I had a lot to get through in my notes.
0: Yeah, because it it communicated a lot. Like there were a lot of story beats that were happening when really it's like, it's not this big epic story. That's what I I like when Disney movies aren't like a huge epic thing and it's just very relatable and small. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too.
1: Sign me up. I'll watch again.
0: We'll watch again. Five out of five. Ten out
1: of ten. Oh, yours was out of five. Mine was out of ten.
0: Yeah. Are
1: we at final thoughts?
0: Oh, we, we've been through final thoughts. Did you have any more final thoughts?
1: No, my final thoughts were dogs, 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 dogs. dogs. No one sent us their dogs. I want everyone to send us all their dogs. We're I want serious this Every time. dog. I would like all the dogs.
0: Well, I'm sorry. I don't have all the dogs.
1: Can you fix it?
0: No, but I have something else.
1: What else do you have?
0: I've got some fun facts.
1: I'll take that.
0: <gasps> fun, fun facts, facts with. with Joe Joe
1: Peo. Not dogs, but that's okay. I still love him.
0: That's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) So you know how there's like certain scenes, and I I picked this up even in the opening intro, where when you see the dogs kind of running along a piece of ground or something like that, their animation kind of looks recycled a little bit, where it's like they have the same kind of motion, but just like duplicated. The reason why is to cut costs from their debilitating financial loss on Sleeping Beauty, they started working with this company called Xerox. And so they started this new kind of process where they would be able to replicate cells that they have, an- that they have hand-drawn using this copying Xerox technology. <laughs> so they actually did Xerox some of their animation and used it repeatedly in a lot of this movie. And that was one of the ways they were able to cut down on the cost. They actually called it xerography. Oh! The thing is that Walt Disney absolutely hated it. Because if you actually watch the movie, the movie kind of looks like it's still kind of pencil drawn, like it's not gone over and like refined. There are some like scratchy pencil marks. I, I even recognized there were times when like the little dogs were, were like turning their heads, where you'd almost see those kinds of like guidelines that people would draw oh, in their first really? passes of stuff. Yeah.
1: I didn't notice any of that. I
0: noticed that. It was like like they would turn their heads and you would see like little tiny bits of that kind of shining through the paint of it because it's like the huh. process was so cheap.
1: Maybe I just watched it with childlike wonder and love. <laughs> no, legit. I didn't notice any of that.
0: I noticed that. And because I was, I look for that kind of stuff. I love looking for the technical things. Oh. You would know that if you've listened to our podcast. once a while.
1: I've never listened to our podcast. You're
0: missing out. It's pretty fun. Oh,
1: I don't know. I hear those losers are dumb.
0: Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends that these losers are dumb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of the other things I picked up on while we were watching was like whenever Cruella Deville's car was driving, it had this really neat almost CG look to it that like you don't see in other kinds of movies like this.
1: I did notice her car popped.
0: Yeah, it's like it looked it moved realistically the way it kind of rocked and moved and kind of kept a rigid shape. And the way that they did that was they actually had that car. And they had it painted white, and all of the edges of it painted black. And they film photographed it, superimposed that into the animation cells, and then painted it. So that actually is almost like actual real footage that's inserted into the film. Um, You had mentioned that the nanny kind of looked a little bit like uh, Meriwether. I thought she looked like
1: one of the fairies, yeah. Uh,
0: She actually is voiced by Barbara Luddy, who was the voice of Meriwether.
1: Oh! Called
0: it. <laughs> she's also the voice. of.
1: Pew, pew, pew.
0: She's also the voice of Lady from Lady and the Tramp. She's got that kind of scratchy voice, like
1: oh. Okay, you know? I didn't call that, but I yeah. called this one. That so there is
0: a. a I'm a gonna relationship count there. Point for Brenna. Point for Brenna. I'll I'll accept it. This is one of the few Disney animated features to only have two original songs in it. So it's Cruella Deville and the Dalmatian Plantation. Oh, right. There was really no other songs. songs. Every other film has at least three songs in it, but this one only has two. And Hmm. it's kind of special for that. Also, here's another thing. After this movie, the animators at Disney created their own internal newsletter called The Twilight Bark.
1: Oh, that's adorable. So that's
0: the way that they're able to, like, kind of communicate with each other and say, like, what's the news in the world of Disney animation? So there are the fun facts.
1: I enjoyed those. Those are good ones. Thank you. Well, any final thoughts to this podcast?
0: I had a lot of fun with this. It was very nice. I definitely recommend going back and seeing the movie because a lot of my memories were, I wouldn't say tainted, but changed by the introduction of the live action one because the live-action one takes a lot of strange liberties. Like we said, Gorilla Deville is Anita's boss, and so that changes their dynamic instead of it just being like a really weird friend. Also, in the live-action one, Roger is a video game producer? Like, he creates a video game and his hit, smash hit, is like from the point of view of a Dalmatian, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But I guess that makes more sense than a songwriter in the modern day, like having some crazy success.
1: So I'll be honest, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the live-action one or if I've seen more than, like, a couple minutes of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think I just, I think I might have seen a couple minutes of it and I just was like, nope, shut it down. Like, I didn't want to watch it. But what's really funny is, like, when my younger sister, I think it was Gillian, when Gillian was growing up, All she wanted to watch was Puppies and Hana, which is Pocahontas and Puppies being 101 Dalmatian. So I know I've seen this movie many times, but like it didn't stick in my memory. And so watching it today, it was so fun to kind of rediscover how cute this movie was. Mm -hmm. And like, really, it was a cute movie. I would really encourage people to watch it.
0: Yeah, Husband? Yes, my wife.
1: What's our next movie?
0: The next movie we're watching for this podcast is The Sword and the Stone.
1: Oh, legitimately. I don't think I've seen that one in probably 100 million years. I don't think I've ever seen it
0: start to finish. I've seen most of it out of order.
1: Then the next one should actually be pretty interesting because neither of us really has any memory of this movie.
0: I mean, I'm familiar with like Arthurian lore and like sword, sword in the Stone story as a whole, but mo- mainly from the books that I had read that were like summarizing it when I was younger. Well, on that note.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my knees are sweating. Hold on. Ah! Do you feel how sweaty this is? Do you wanna stick your hand in here?
0: I don't, I have no desire to do that. It's
1: very sweaty. Why
0: would you, it's, it's like this tastes bad. Do you want it to eat it?
1: That's true. I did do that thing to you just now.
0: Yeah.
1: I just need to unsweat my knees. All right, where were we?